0: Phil Bryant and the Honorable Morris McTeague QSO.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable.
0: During this Easter and Passover season, we convey our warmest greetings to our engaged listeners. It is Saturday morning, and Sunday is coming. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to welcome a principal leader and a tireless warrior for the great cause of liberty, a champion of our shared values and principles. Cheryl Chumley is a best selling author, commentary writer, podcast host, and the online opinion editor for The Washington Times. In addition to writing daily commentaries on politics and speaking, Cheryl hosts a twice weekly podcast that looks at news politics and culture from a Christian conservative perspective. It's called Bold and Blunt. Her latest book, Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall, takes a look at how socialism's seeds are planted and spread in America and what patriots can do to fight for our individual freedoms. It's an Amazon bestseller. She's an Army veteran and also a licensed private investigator. Her soon-to-be-released book, Lockdown, is coming out on May 3. You'll want to place an order via Amazon to secure your copy of this excellent and timely book. Natasha Sardorch and I peruse through this book, and we thank Cheryl Chumley and her publisher for providing us with an advanced copy. And every American should get this new book, Lockdown without any further delay. Welcome, Cheryl, and it is an honor to have you return to America's Roundtable. Good morning on this Easter and Passover weekend.
2: Welcome, Cheryl. Cheryl and Natasha, it's so great to be with you again. Thank you so much for having me, and Happy Easter to you, your family, and your listeners as well.
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl. Happy Easter to you and your family. Joel and I both appreciated reading and perusing through your book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, which will be released on May 3, 2022. And it is truly an enlightening and informative book, a must-read for our fellow Americans who deeply care about this country and our freedoms. And let me share a quote from your book. And I quote, Science is not sacrosanct. Doctors are not gods, but believing so has placed America's freedoms in chains. This is our national misstep. This is our nation's big mistake. With the pandemic, first fear replaced the ability to think and reason. Then overreaching government exploited the situation to instill more fear and grab more powers. Then Democrats, progressives, globalists, collectivists, socialists and Marxists saw opportunity to reshape an entire world. If only they could keep the fear going, press for even more powers, move goalposts further down the field. End of quote. In order to deal with the problems of governments encroaching on our freedoms and rights, which come from God, it is extremely important for Americans to recognize these perilous trends that you describe in your book, Lockdown. Could you kind of share with the listeners about these developments and schemes that those in power, other federal and local governments, are using, using fear to usurp more powers? Well, look at what's happened
2: over the last two, two and a half years in America. And more importantly than that, look at what's happening today as you flip on your news and listen to the likes of Anthony Fauci, right? The the entire Freedom of America was shut down for two years, two plus years. And the thing that was the most alarming to me was when the churches complied with the government orders to shut doors. And it basically became a crime for individual Americans to even attend church or for pastors and religious leaders to hold in-person worship services. And when the churches fall in America, that is the last wall to freedom. Because in this country, if our rights come from God, and government is only there to protect them, which is the basis of American exceptionalism, right? Individual rights, God given, not government granted. If those crumble, if the churches crumble, then who is there to require that God stay at the forefront and that government stay subservient to the American citizen? So, if you look at what happened over over the last months, over the last couple of years. Schools were shut down and students were told they had to study at home and to great detriment, as we're now seeing all these reports come out about the children who have been greatly harmed by the stay-at-home orders. Businesses, free market, were, were told to shut down, that you couldn't make money as an individual in this country, as a business owner, as an employee of the private market. Then instead, you had to stay home and wait for the government stimulus check to come in the mail and hope that that was enough to pay your bills and feed your family. Uh, Travel was restricted. At At the beginning of the pandemic, as the months wore on, it was difficult even to go from one state to another without having to show the papers type of mentality. When you had to prove that you had vaccines to enter some states or you had to quarantine at government order in order to travel freely in that state. So All these outcomes came by way of fear and government exploiting those fears to justify the clampdowns. Maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, some of those clampdowns were warranted because this was a new virus. People knew little about it. But certainly as the weeks wore into months, wore into years, America should know better and we should never never allow such clampdowns to occur
0: again. Indeed, we would highly recommend our fellow Americans to get your copy of this new book, Lockdown, by Cheryl Chumley. Please pre-order your book through Amazon. It will be released on May 3, 2022. Cheryl, without giving away too much from your book, what we experienced with the lockdowns pushed by the federal government in most states across the nation was unbelievable. Yet, there were forces, independent leaders who did not join the group think, individuals who made prudent decisions. And one such leader that did so was none other than Governor Ron DeSantis, representing the state of Florida, where you had a greater population of senior citizens, a group considered most vulnerable. Could we consider what we experienced from the elitists at the federal government and in some states, a dress rehearsal by unelected and an unaccountable bureaucracy of Washington. And are you concerned that Americans, perhaps through the dumbing down approach by elitists and the entertainment society that we have created in our midst, placing the pandemic on the back burner and brushing off its problems to move on to other things? What are the solutions to engaging not only grassroots activists but the principal, well-informed network of leaders, but ordinary, decent, and hardworking Americans?
2: Let me just answer quickly the two questions you had there. Yes and yes. I, I do think that This, what what happened over the last couple of years, but more importantly, what's continuing to happen, if you pay attention to the news and talk of now a new emerging variant of the coronavirus, is the government's way of continuing lockdowns, continuing controls on the American people. And you can consider that a sort of dress rehearsal for what the World Economic Forum, for example, has put out on its own website, not conspiracy theory, go to the website and look. The Great Reset, where they completely topsy-turvy turnaround the ideas of capitalism and the free market. And instead of that being based on shareholder interests, where it's profit-driven, where a company's reason for being is to make money so as to continue to uh, be in business and provide for shareholders, it becomes a business's concern to, to first and foremost consider stakeholders. And stakeholders is a very clever way of the left pushing social justice. Stakeholders can be anybody. Stakeholders can be Black Lives Matter. Stakeholders can be any private uh, interest or personal agenda that comes to the forefront at that particular time. This is why you have woke businesses around America coming out so fast and furious. They're part of this new stakeholder type capitalism. And as far as what we can do about this, as far as is there hope for America's future and how we can fight this. I gotta say, this is gonna be very difficult. My last book, Socialists Don't Sleep, ended on a very optimistic and positive note. And it was a it was a rally cry for Christians that, hey, the times are getting perilous in America. We are at the 12th hour, and it's incumbent on Christians who understand the concept of talents coming from God and individualism and so forth, who understand those key concepts that go into American exceptionalism. 12th hour for them. To awaken and fight. Well, lockdown, it's a very different ending without giving too much away, It's it, I don't want to say it's negative or it's pessimistic because I'm an American. I believe in God as well. And I always have optimism, but this is going to be some tough stuff to unwind because people have to first and foremost realize where these big threats are coming from. And that's why I want people to read lockdown because it makes the link between Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, a man few Americans have heard of perhaps, and how it's driving the woke corporations, how it's driving the government clampdowns, even in your local community. So if American citizens educate themselves properly and the Christian community realizes that their God-given rights and those of their, their children are in serious jeopardy, then we have hope for America. But if Americans continue to go on as we are now and just hope in the next election, hope in the next president, well, any success we have is just short term.
1: Right, Cheryl, and also we when we compare the data with other countries in Europe, and specifically Sweden, uh, at America's Roundtable Radio, we talked to Charlie Weimer, Swedish member of the European Parliament last year uh, during the COVID pandemic, and he shared about the fact that Sweden did not impose any mask mandates, did not close any businesses, and the schools remained open And the Swedish government issued just recommendations of social distancing and mask wearing. It wasn't mandatory. So it was really voluntarily. On the other side, Michigan imposed draconian measures, lockdowns. And we compared Sweden to Michigan because they have similar size population and similar climate. So when we saw the numbers, there were 15,000 deaths total in Sweden for 10.3 million people. While 26,000 deaths in total in Michigan, Michigan had 86% higher death rate than Sweden with all the lockdowns and restrictions. So, Shay, what are your thoughts about this telling example?
2: Well, my thoughts are pretty much the theme of what lockdown's about, that if you're going to put any other issue um, such as health care or such as uh, government advisements to best medical practices above individual liberty, what you're going to have is this crumbling of individual liberty. And from a common sense approach, let's just look at the coronavirus Compared to any other virus that we've had, even before we had the data showing that 99% of those who tested positive for the coronavirus recovered from the coronavirus. The fact is that common sense says, why would we shut down an entire nation for a, a virus? When in previous times, we never shut down the nation for a virus. Why would we take these draconian, tyrannical measures for the coronavirus? when we didn't before with other diseases, with other viruses. And so Sweden's approach is how America should have done from the very beginning. And I say that knowing that Donald Trump was in the White House from the very beginning. I'm a big Donald Trump fan. I actually hope he runs and wins again. But the fact that he turned the podium in the White House over to the likes of Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and let them issue what amounted to regulatory clampdowns across an entire nation for so long, I think was a political misstep. And so Sweden had it correct. And if you go back in time and you look at some of the numbers and some of the measures that were taken supposedly to keep Americans safe, what we know now by uh, statistics and scientific analysis, and I mean scientific, real science, not the Anthony Fauci kind, it shows that we misstepped all over back in the very beginning of the coronavirus. We should have just gone about our business and let individuals make the determination for themselves and their families how to best protect themselves.
0: Cheryl, in your excellent book that's coming up and being released on May 3rd, just in a few short weeks, and we encourage our readers to certainly grab their copies and and pre-order on Amazon, you talk about the pandemic and free speech that we all experienced, how we observed that real science was being replaced with political science. And I'd like to share a quote from your book, Lockdown. I quote, America may be the land of the free, home of the Constitution, a nation of individualists, with rights rooted in God, not government. But once the coronavirus hit, all that flew out of the window. Fear-fueled prognostications became the order of the day. Debates about free speech turned quickly into debates about acceptable speech, then quickly after that, finger-wagging debates about dangerous speech as if founders figured dangerous speech into some sort of constitutional exceptional clause. But none of that mattered. Suddenly, dissent became criminal, unquote. I recall the efforts of independent medical professionals and scientists raising concerns and doubts about the approach of the federal government and state governments. The Barrington Declaration was one such initiative, with brilliant minds and scientists providing an alternative to the lockdown mentality. Cheryl, what are your observations to the concerns regarding the freedom of speech during this national time of crisis and going forward?
2: It wasn't just in America that free speech was stifled using the coronavirus as justification. It was all around the world. And in lockdown, I go through some of the ridiculous, outrageous, serious and sombering instances of journalists being arrested because they dared to report on truthful fact-based science on the coronavirus and dared to counter in their reporting the the government narrative. They were deemed dangerous, jailed, um, you know, they they were sent packing from some countries. And here in America, those who dared to question the government narratives over, say, face masking, which changed day to day, if you remember. But if you dared to question it, you were subject to booting from social media sites. You were deemed, deemed dangerous, guilty of dangerous speech, even accused of uh, leading to the hospitalization or even death of those who contracted the coronavirus because you dare to just raise issues that in any other time in American history, it was okay to do. How many times we as individuals go to the doctor and a doctor tells us something and we want to get a second opinion? Never, never seen as controversial. As a matter of fact, even doctors would recommend doing that. But suddenly, under the coronavirus, raising questions about opinions that countered government narrative or suggesting a second opinion that differed from the government narrative that was deemed dangerous. And it got so stifling that it was seen as unpatriotic if you did not abide the government mandates. Joe Biden suggesting that patriots get vaccines. Other people on the left suggesting that if you did not want to get a vaccination early on in the coronavirus that you were unpatriotic, that you were damaging to the general welfare of the American public, and that honestly, you should be locked away. Some people were as extreme as to suggest that. Geraldo Rivera, Fox News contributor, suggested that those who did not want to get the vaccination or wear face masks should be forcibly uh, confined to their homes because they endanger his children and other children. So the free speech that came under the coronavirus, was hardly free.
1: Cheryl, you write in your book, and I quote, Trump's criticized for restricting travel from China. Trump's criticized for not restricting travel from China. Trump's criticized for his too early restrictions of travel from coronavirus-infected regions. Trump's criticized for failing to restrict travel early enough from coronavirus-infected regions. End of quote. Joel and I had also few interviews with Dr. Monica Gandhi, infectious disease specialist who was attacked in the social media sphere while talking about COVID being endemic, meaning here to stay, we should just get used to it and get vaccinated, new variants that cannot be stronger than original virus, advocating for children to go back to school and bringing attention to a suicide rate among the youth, connecting them to the school closures during COVID. But she was attacked fiercely. Now, there was a major politicization of the virus, attacking Trump, attacking anyone who was opposing the mandates, as you mentioned earlier. You also bring these significant signs of manipulation and abuse and analogies with the always animal farm, where all are equal, but some are more equal than others. Could you kindly share with us excerpts and real experiences with the elected leaders who are just not abiding by rules that they issued themselves. In
2: one of my last chapters, I I liken what happened under the coronavirus in America to George Orwell's great fictional work, Animal Farm. And most people know his work, 1984. But if you read Animal Farm, I actually find that more uh, applicable to what takes place in America with government lockdowns and, and government overreach. And so, In Animal Farm, you had a certain class of animals that decided that they were better than the other classes of animals and more worthy to lead. And so what they did was they changed the rules. They changed the rules for the entire farm that was supposed to have been based on equality for all. And they went back in time and gaslighted and changed the language. And so if you look at what's happening, and the the animals did that, of course, for control and power. And if you look at what happened under the Coronavirus, you saw many politicians more than that. Instead of just elected politicians, you saw many unelected bureaucrats doing the very same and holding themselves above and beyond having to obey and abide their very same mandates. Take Anthony Fauci. You know, Anthony Fauci was the guy that came out and talked about face masks. At first, no face masks. He found them unnecessary. And then wait a few weeks face mask very necessary. And then wait a few more weeks. Not just one face mask was necessary, but two face masks. And then he even floated at one time, and this is just uh, beyond ridiculous, the idea of plastic shields and plastic goggles and gloves and so forth. That was quickly dampened and it died. But Amidst all this, you see Anthony Fauci at a baseball game without a face mask. So this type of thing was just a running theme with the left. Uh, all along the coronavirus trail, you saw Governor Gavin Newsom out in California telling his residents in his state that they had to stay home, that they couldn't assemble or they couldn't gather together without face masks. Churches must be closed. And then you saw the video leaked of him at a party with fundraisers, no social distancing, no face masking and so forth. The, the, the whole couple of years is rife with examples of the left saying one thing and doing another, holding themselves above and beyond the law. And that in itself is one example of how it's very animal farm.
0: Indeed. Cheryl, you know, this whole concept of lockdown has not been removed from our discussions today, is that today we have a vaccination uh, that is available to those that would like to receive one, especially those that are the most vulnerable. And now what we've seen happening in China, in Shanghai, is that in a city of 26 million people, the Chinese Communist government is imposing one of the most strictest lockdowns again. And apparently, now we're seeing a city starving. Cheryl, what are we observing as we look at what the communist structures in China are pushing through the sordid scheme? And as you look at what America has done, do you think that American structures here, the federal and state agencies, are somewhat taking a picture or a playbook from the Chinese and then trying to push that down through our system. It's like we're replicating what the Chinese communist structures are doing.
2: Yes, I do. And here's why. If you look at what China's done and what China does, they have on their technology they have that smart app where you have to show a check mark in order to uh, travel freely in that country. Uh, Basically, in that society, it's a surveillance society. And in America, what the left wants to ultimately do, and again, this is not just uh, my guess, if you go to the CDC's own website, if you go to John Hopkins University website, and you read through what they put out for the outcome of the coronavirus and how best to protect ourselves going forward. They talk heavily about contact tracing and not just the kind of contact tracing where you go to your doctor's office and you tell your doctor uh, that you tested positive for the coronavirus. And then the doctor tries to conduct a survey with you to determine who all you came in contact with and then recommend that you call those people on your own and do the responsible thing. The contact tracing of the future, and this is why the coronavirus needs to be, continued to be watched by liberty loving Americans. The contact tracing of the future is going to be based on technology in your smartphone. And what the left, including the CDC and John Hopkins wants, is to develop apps where it basically tracks where you go and alerts both you and those around you whenever you come into a certain uh, distance, say six feet or less, of somebody who is tested positive for the coronavirus. And where that technology leads is very chilling, because at first it can start out without identifying who these people are or exactly where they are. But it can very quickly lead into identifying location, identifying uh, names and addresses of people. It can identify where you've been. Say you visit a bar after work every night to have a drink. Maybe you don't want people to know that. Well, contact tracing, uh, if it gets to a certain point, it can alert to that. Or if you go to a doctor for, uh, say, a psychological issue, maybe you don't want people to know you visit a therapist. Well, contact tracing locators can alert to that. So we have to be aware what China is doing, because there are plenty of those in America that would like to replicate that. Bill Gates being one, Bill Gates being one who actually owns second uh, to America the most stock, and that's stock in air quotes, because he funds it the second most of the World Health Organization, which works closely with China. So where this is leading is very alarming to Americans who love their individual liberties, because there are plenty of those in America that would like to see what China's doing brought here into America.
1: Right. I mean, when you think about what you just mentioned about technology, it reminds me of you know communist countries informants. At that time, they didn't have technology, so you had people, spies, that would follow average citizens to what they're doing, what their behavior is, and everyone would have a record what they're doing, what their lives are. How can they be blackmailed in case they do something that is against the regime? So the informants of the communist countries is now replaced by state-of-the-art technology where you don't need to have informants you have everything on the app and this is really unacceptable for america today so could you kindly share with our listeners your thoughts about the crucial role and authority that our fellow americans have in upholding the government of by and for the people I will.
2: And I just want to um, elaborate off that point you made, because it, it came to me as I was listening to you speak that, you know, there's some people who would think, you know what, never in America. America would never become such a surveillance state. America would never become like China. Well, My son was at James Madison University, and he stopped going to James Madison University because JMU started requiring, first off, vaccinations in order to stay on campus. Second off, you had to sign a document saying that you would never go into a group of people uh, 10 or larger. Where they came up with the number 10, I don't know. What if there's 11? I, I don't know why the coronavirus uh, is dangerous for 11 but not for 10 and most alarmingly you had to download the app to your telephone and carry your your cell phone and carry it on you at all times it was called the live safe app and what it did was give you a check mark a green check mark if you were okay to travel freely on campus and you had to show that green check mark on demand So if you look at JMU as a smaller form of government of what could spread around America, it's already here. So uh, I would recommend that people stop worrying about feeling uncomfortable about exercising your constitutional liberties and demanding your government abide the constitution because the government and the bureaucrats who would steal your liberties are banking on you as an individual to not want to stand up and speak out. They're banking on you to be too embarrassed to be that person that protests at a school board meeting or protests when the health department comes to close your fitness center doors as they did in New Jersey, right? We all know that case. So individuals have to be willing to be that odd duck in the room to speak out for individual liberties and not let the government try and paint you as a conspiracy theorist, or even worse, as unpatriotic or damaging to the American people.
0: In what you've just shared, it reminds us of this Extraordinary statement and quote relate by one of the founding fathers of America, Benjamin Franklin, and I quote, Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety, unquote, from Benjamin Franklin. This weekend on America's Roundtable, we're joined by Cheryl Chumley, a best-selling author, commentary writer, podcast host of Bold and Blunt, which is on the Washington Times platform, and she's the online opinion editor for the Washington Times, and we truly appreciate her joining us. Her book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, will be released on May 3, and we certainly encourage our listeners to uh, get their uh, copies or even pre-order via Amazon and other platforms. Cheryl, we thank you so much for your continued leadership and your efforts to informing, challenging, and also educating our fellow Americans. Thank you for being that tireless warrior for freedom and a champion of our shared values and principles. Thank you indeed.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. And I think it's really a must read because the way you describe the trends that are happening in front of our eyes, people need to be aware of them. They need to recognize those. So we would really highly recommend your book, Lockdown, to be read by every listener, every citizen of America.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for that praise and for having me. It's really high praise and humbling from you. And I appreciate all you guys do to spread liberty, not just in America, but around the world. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Mississippi. Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.